Smartcast. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So Dodging Reality is a sketch music show. Basically, um, it's a variety show of different talents. So it, it has comedy and music and art and um, anything you could possibly think of, of uh, that an entertainer might be able to bring to you. And a lot of sketch comedy, a lot of different characters, a lot of fun. Just basically every two minutes, you're going to be um, entertained by uh, something different. Okay. And uh, it's uh, perfect for somebody who has ADD, I would say. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, it's, yeah, perfect for the short attention span uh, that we, really, we all have now. So, so it sounds um, like you're just taking everything you've done up till now and throwing it into a show, which is. Well, yeah, you know, basically I've been doing these shows live for so long. Right. And, and, and also mixing so many of my friends and their talents on these shows and I've been doing them live. So it's been great to be doing them live, but now I have the opportunity to be able to put it on television and be able to have a, a huge slew of people to see what we've been doing. And, um, it's, I'm super excited about it. It's, it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun and a lot of people want to jump on board and be part. So Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm excited to see where it's going to go. It's just super silly, stupid, fun, just dodging reality, basically. Yeah, it is what it says, right? Welcome, fellow Lushes. Come on in, pull up a bar stool, and enjoy some cocktails with Dimples and the Beard. Noxy, noxy, a noxy. I mean, oh, I'd love to get not Foxy Noxy on the podcast. You know who Foxy Noxy is? Do you want to draw? No, I like this. Do you know who Foxy Noxy is? Foxy Noxy, Amanda Knox. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Amanda Knox, I do. Right at all. Oh, yeah, she's she's like, a porn star. No, she's not. Then I don't know who she is. She's not a porn star. She's the girl who was in uh, Italy and got accused of murder. <laughs> There's another Knox porn star. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah. I like, responded to uh, to us. Did you, I'm sorry. Were you saying were you in the in the were you ready to say you tried to get her on? I would love to have her on. I've never tried. She's there's gotcha. no way. There's no way. I mean, she's doing like Whitney Cummings podcast. She's not doing ours. Yeah. Maybe she just she, you gotta she, wait for like, you gotta wait for them to come down when they're like nobody's calling anymore. She did sit with Kreish. That was pretty weird. Her and her. That was an interesting one. Anyway, welcome back. That would have been an interesting one. Fellow Lushes. 
Another episode coming your way with another beautiful woman. This one, multi-talented comedian, actress, writer, singer. Producer. Produced. Did I say singer twice? I might have said singer Opera twice. Singer. Her name is Anna Manis. Trained. Trained in comedy. And, yeah, kind of. Trained in everything. So She's a one-shop stop. One-stop <laughs> shop? Did you say it the wrong way? I did. One-shop stop? One stop shop. One shop stop. What do you need? You know, the last time we did this podcast, we did an episode of this podcast. You were really fucked up. <laughs> I see you apologize to her. <laughs> did you? I did. I did. I wanted to. I almost did. I did. And then she was like, why? Was it that bad? Was I that bad? And, you know, like, no. like honestly, like everything else, it feels worse in the moment. Like in the moment, there was there was some moments that I were like, oh. That feels just like, ooh. but then when I watched it to edit it, because I did watch the whole thing because it was so short. Uh, <laughs> I did watch it, edit. It was fine. Yeah, it was fine. You talk a lot more than you think you did. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, because I was prepared to do the little edit of just your 10 seconds worth of words. But no, you you asked some, especially at the beginning before it really started to kick in on you. Huh. So I mean, I'm afraid to watch it. No, it's fine. I just remembered my head. There are times where you're, did, did, I think Leah texted you when I was editing. <laughs> there are times when you're just like. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm. Do you remember her asking you if it was kicking in at the very end, towards the very end? Mm-hmm. When you were like trying to tell her that she has inspirational quotes on her Instagram. She's like, what? She did say that. I did. Yeah, I'm like, I don't. But I, she did. She, she acknowledged it. She, yeah, but she doesn't. She did, though. I think that's why she says that's starting to kick in because she just has comedy clips on her. Watch it. Uh, I'll have to watch it again. I go. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, I'll have to look. Yeah, I think she was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I just go, yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll he'll... Up. <laughs> no, in my head. I, I remember I would say something and all of a sudden I'm like, that was all slur. Like, she has no idea what I just said. And then you're talking and I'm like, I thought of something. When am I going to jump in? It didn't seem like there was a time to jump in. So I was waiting to jump in. And then when I could, I was like, there's a, there's like a, okay, I can jump in. I don't remember what I was going to say. So then I had to wait for another one. Do you ever do, do, Never you, do that again? Do you pay enough attention with what's going on? Like, does it, if you notice, because I'm typically high for these things, if you notice, I am very uh, conversational at the very beginning. Yes. I get a lot of my shit out. Yes. And then I go, and then I just let you finish the rest because then it started to, yes. and you're, you're trying to get all your thoughts out that you got right away. So, because yeah, That's it's why. the same thing. And I should start writing down. You, I mean, I think I should have my pen. And when I think of something, I should at least because, make a note. <laughs> yeah, because you do, you get yourself into that spot. And I've done it a few times where you're like, this is a brilliant question. Brilliant. And then by the time it gets to you, yeah. Yeah, I would have thought I, like you said, when we hung up, I said, you know, 10 words or something. Yeah, no, you said a lot more than that. I was, I was actually surprised when I was editing it. It's a good episode. It's, it's, it's good. It's concise. It's da da da. You know, we don't overhash the fucking hmm. beer can incident. You know, I mean, we talk about it for the first five, 10 minutes. What did I ask? <laughs> you asked if she had, if she thought about getting off stage. And she said that probably would have been the smart thing. So she could, you could understand what I was saying. Yeah. 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 It's not like oh. when you're really fucked up, drunk. It's in my head it was. No, you were fine. You could understand what you were saying as long as you could put the words in the right order. 
Oh, I, I always have a problem with that. Yeah. So, so I can imagine there. Right. No, really no different. The last, I think that the only time that was really did was the last thing when you were talking about the inspiration. She's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I gotta prove you wrong. So no, it, it's, oh, she's waiting. It's a, it's a good episode. I stand by it. And I thank Ariel Elias for coming on. It was fun. Well, it's a good thing that she, she didn't say, yeah, let's redo it. No, no, I don't think. She, never mind. No. <laughs> All right. Um line. <laughs> no, I don't know line. I was ready to say which one first and then I froze. But anyways, <laughs> give us a like, subscribe, uh, leave a comment, please. That helps us a lot. We appreciate any comment you can give us. We don't care if it's good or bad or anything. Call us a dick fruit. That's all I care. Thank dick you very much. I like dick fruit. <laughs> dick fruit's a good one. <laughs> we uh better never let it leave a pretty lady waiting. Well, you're really struggling with that tonight, aren't you? Want to try that one again? <laughs> I, I stand by what I said. All right. Without further ado, Anna Manis. All right. Hello. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Uh, we're fantastic. Excellent. Wonderful. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. Can you believe I, I couldn't believe it when you started following us? I was like, are you kidding me? Anna Manna oh, started. Please. I've got to talk to her. <laughs> well, I'm I'm really glad to be here. So thanks. We uh we love comedy and we love talking to comedians and, and sometimes comedians aren't the easiest to wrangle down. So we were we really appreciate you coming on and giving us some time. Anytime. <laughs> Perfect. So, so yeah, we're joined by Anna Manis, comedian, actress, writer, singer. Producer, producer, business owner. <laughs> the list is long. The list is long. What don't you do? Um, let's see. Sleep. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah, it's overrated, right? Absolutely. Who needs that? I'll do that when I'm dead. <laughs> Perfect. So I got it. I got. Well, first we'll say cheers, and I got to admit, I'm not a. Uh, I'm not manly enough to drink my Jack straight, so I got a little Coke in mine. That's but, that's all right. But but I am so. Cheers to that. Cheers to you. Cheers to you. So you start with your uh, your childhood. You you. This is fascinating. You went to Greece at the age of fourteen for opera. Actually, I went to Greece when I was nine. Okay. Um, so I grew up in New York City, and my parents, my dad had this um, property on an island in Greece. And oh, wow. <laughs> I had been, um, basically, uh, so many people had flashed me enough by the time I was nine years old that my dad was like, maybe we need to, like, you know, take a roll back out of New York City and check out, you know. Wait, wait, wait. Where getting, he's from. Getting flashed was a com common occurrence by the age of nine? <laughs> I, actually, the first time it happened to me, I was... Like almost seven years old, and I was waiting outside of school and uh, waiting for my parents, my mom to pick me up. And oh. this guy had a trench coat. He was wearing nothing underneath but a belt and a machete. And I was like a little kid, and I'm just like sitting there waiting for my mom. And this guy flashes me, and I literally just start laughing and pointing. <laughs> and my brother, who's a little bit older than me, pulls me pulls me away. And that was like, you know, the first time I saw another penis. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> You saw, two, you saw two swords that day. I sure as hell did. <laughs> and traumatized by both. <laughs> I was, was going to say, wait, have machetes become part of your uh, bedtime routine? Now? <laughs> <laughs> I think I blocked them out. Of my, every time wow. I see them. <laughs> so, at least there was the, the traditional 
trench coat. I mean, I mean, if you're going to be a flasher, yeah, right? keep yeah, with tradition. Sure, yeah, he definitely had the look of what <laughs> you would think a flasher would be. Um, but definitely did not have the balls because he'd laugh when I laughed, he ran. So Aww. yeah. <laughs> He's like, I can't get the real ladies who have been pressed. Probably Maybe a little child will be. And <laughs> now what? <laughs> I I would love to see where he's at. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, anyways, he oh, but... so hopefully it didn't happen to you too often. Well, yeah, but uh, that kind of all those little things kind of added up. And I think my dad was like, all right, let's go check out going to Greece. So we went there and um, I was always a fan of music and I always loved to sing. And um, I kind of got doing these um, Christmas carols and Christmas songs. And I got involved with this thing at school where I got to sing Corinna Morana and uh, we were at the Hilton in Athens and I started singing that um, as part of my solo or whatever. And there was a group of very wealthy women there who uh, heard me singing and came up to us afterwards, tracked my mother down, tried to figure out, you know, who I was and basically wanted to get me involved in opera. Um, I had no clue what I was doing. I, I was just this kid who listened to like white zombie and, you know, heavy metal or <laughs> my Doc Martens. And, you know, like I was just not any fan of, I like, I didn't know opera, you know? So, right, like, yeah. so once I started doing that, um, they, I went into there and also I was much younger. So they being you know, I'm almost six feet tall and I was always very tall and developed from a very young age. I always looked much older. So I think they thought I was 18, mm. 20 years old, sure. uh, but I was only 14. So when they figured, when they found that out, it was a little bit of an issue. Um, but they, they were like, all right, let's audition her. And I auditioned and there was like, no question. They were just like, you're on board. We're taking you on. We don't care about the age, but it was definitely a difficult time for me trying to figure all that crap out. These were people who, you know, took their stuff very, very seriously. Yeah, right. And so how I, did they? Did you? How did you have to audition? Yes. In an opera song. I mean, with yes. the like, and you'd never sang one before that. I never sang opera before that. Um, after they approached me to do this, I ran and got some songs with my, you know, my music teacher at the time. And they're like, you know, you're soprano one, let's do this. Let's, let's knock them out. Let's do a good belting thing. And I was like, all right, whatever. And like, he picked, I didn't even know what the song was. Like, I didn't know, like, you know, he's giving me all the details and everything. I was like, all right. So I learned the song and, um, I didn't even want to do it. Like, honestly, <laughs> cause I was so nervous. It felt so completely out of place. And, um, yeah, and I sang, I, I sang that and they come, they were just like off. There's no way we have wow. to have you on board. So I worked with them all through high school. So I'd go to high school and then afterwards I would go and train with them wow. and do like concerts and all that kind of stuff. But, um, once I start, when I went to college, I was like, I, I, you know, it's just, it, it wasn't me, you know, sure. so I, I, I ventured, you know, to, you know, Broadway Baby, you know, all musicals and Broadway, off-Broadway, started running the Michael Chekhov Theater Company, which is off a Broadway company. Um, I started producing that, um, producing shows there. And then um, I met uh, Joe Franklin, who um, 
was America's first talk show host. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do want to hear stories about Joe. That that guy's. He bet there's plenty of stories about <laughs> Joe. Uh, he is a character. He was a character. Uh, yeah. He uh, saw me in a play that I was doing and um, wanted. He came up to me after the show and was like, "You know, you're brilliant." Blah blah blah. And basically, I was like, "All right, listen. I, whatever I can learn from this guy." The, the better so i ended up being his intern and worked in his office which was insane um <laughs> old school all, dude every, huh what's that he's just an old school dude that you know right very old school everything that you could possibly think of of like that old time hollywood man he is exactly did he smoke? that yeah <laughs> what's that did he smoke did he have he a did cigarette not smoke. Oh. He did not smoke. Um, maybe when he was younger, but not not okay. when I was around him. Yeah, he was older. Um, Just the visual but, of an of that old school, you know, cigarette dangling. <laughs> he was very old, like you know, this little guy. Yeah. Like, like you know, he literally just came right up to my tits, basically. So <laughs> all the time. And, you know, it was just like, oh, you know, and he just very, very fast. And yeah, I need to do this and you need to do that. And you need to meet this person. And da, 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 da. But it was he was just a fire, 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 just all this information. And every time I was with him, if it was 20 minutes or three hours, it was just so I was just like absorbing like a sponge. And he would um, he had so many people that he knew. Um, his office was right off of Broadway and every all of his buddies and everything. So we would go to lunch, you know, off of Broadway, on Broadway, at Sardis, whatever. And he'd be like, oh, you got to talk to this person and, da, 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 and that person did this, that and that. And, and so he kind of basically taught me um, who to trust, who not to trust, what to do, what not to do, like without having to do it myself first. Yeah. Um, what yeah. an education i mean that's yeah. incredible you couldn't kind of an honor i mean he picked you um not that you weren't wasn't well deserved but i mean did he yeah. have a lot of people working for him at that time no but he's had so many like he had told me that so many other yeah. assistants that he had had um julia roberts he would have was his assistant many years ago oh wow <laughs> i mean he had he could tell you stories about every single famous person He's met them all. He's he 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 went to his grave saying that he was interviewed the most people ever in in, in okay. the lifetime. Like that was his thing, um, just talking and speaking to everybody he could possibly speak to. And so, if you got to have any time with him, it was just like Robin Williams, but you just like just you know just you just have to like either absorb it or it goes over your head yeah um, <laughs> that's what i'm thinking i'm like how do you how do you retain it all you're just like hold on let me write that yeah, down there, yeah, <laughs> you don't you don't like you get whatever you can get and you're right. like just grateful for it uh, <laughs> but yeah uh, he was definitely um a sharpshooter and uh an interesting character to say the least <laughs> yeah for sure. was he like a manager as well or or not really he was he managed my beginning of my career for sure okay um but he wasn't a manager um he just had so much going on with the stuff that he was doing that he just needed people to help manage the mm. gajillion things that he was doing if you went to his office 
he had the fire department had to come to his office once a month because there was so much memorabilia and paraphernalia and stuff <laughs> stacked to the ceilings um that it was a fire hazard and nypd had to make a call every month because he would not budge his stuff. He's like, I've been here for so long. There's no, these fire department people have been here for so long. They've been here for 20 years. I've been here for 72 freaking years. <laughs> and so he would just talk his way out of getting any fines, talk his way out of any. And so he basically, they, they would have to come and there's, we would be sitting there, I'd be in his office and all of a sudden, boom, 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 we'd have all the firemen come in, of course, talk to them. <laughs> I had no problem talking to them. I was going to say, that's good for you. <laughs> I know ladies like firefighters, especially the ones from New York. Exactly. But yes, yeah, so they would check out and it, it was, um, it, he, he definitely had uh, so much stuff in there and so many stories. And I learned production from him. I learned how to produce from him. So I went from wanting to be on the stage to also wanting to be the person who's producing everything and that kind of started um my uh love for making my own stuff okay um and that's where I kind of started producing my own shows and kind of producing my own theater um I was also at the time I was doing improv I was doing improv with him Amy Schumer um on Dylan's on Broadway yeah for a long time every Friday night um, that upright citizens brigade that was before Upright Citizens Brigade. Okay. This was, um, uh, I would say Upright Citizens Brigade was 20, in the mid-2015, 20, 20, 2013, 2012, around there. Um, this was prior to that, I would say eight to eight years prior to oh, that. Oh, wow, okay. Um, oh. Yeah, uh, we were doing, uh, we did Endangered Improv. So it was uh, sketch comedy, but basically improvise so we would take things from the audience and then improvise but we always had also little sketches and stuff we would do in between that we kind of would love to work on and things oh, like sure. that sure um, I always love doing sketches and improvising and being doing comedy with a group okay um, I, I I love that I love doing stand-up is great don't get me wrong but uh being able to play with other players and just being silly off the top of your head, it, it, it's just thrilling. Yeah. Well, I can imagine. Who yeah. are the skits? Did you write the skits or did you each take turns writing the skits or? We all wrote, yeah, we all wrote skits. We would all come in with all ideas and then we would, um, we used to work um, above the comedy cellar. There was a apartment, like these buildings, this building that we would go and rehearse in. So we would go and rehearse in there and just, you know, we'd shoot ideas out and kind of just like write stuff. And sometimes we would write things together. And then sometimes, you know, somebody would have something like completely done sure. or, you know, if I you know, came in with an idea or story, we would just do that. Um, but yeah, it was always like a group effort uh, at Endangered Improv. It was, we were all starting out comedy. So it was kind of, um, it's thrilling to see how we've all developed. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, who are some of the other people that you were there with? Um, you, there are more, uh, New York comedians, uh, but, uh, they're definitely, um, a, a riot. They're definitely a riot. Yeah. Sure. yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Any so, reunions planned for you guys? Oh, I would love that. that Wouldn't would that be, be fun? Great. 
Yeah, I'm sure uh, that would be, that would definitely, I would actually love to do that. <laughs> so <laughs> how did you, years. how did you go from that to, to doing your own standup then? Well, I always ended up in stand-up clubs. Like, you no, know, I when I would run the theater company or I was doing, you know, improv or whatever I was doing, one of my best friends was a manager at uh, Stand Up New York. Okay. I would always end up at Stand Up New York or Comic Strip Live or or the Comedy Cellar or something, just watching either my friends or that was kind of just how I ended my nights every night when I would finish the theater. Um, so it kind of just found me, I guess. Okay. Um, it's just something that I always kind of did. And then people were like, why don't you, you know, you're so funny. Why don't you jump up there? And so I was uh -huh. like, oh, hey, yeah, but, uh, it, it was always kind of this thing for me, especially when I started very, very different because stand up at that time, especially it was mostly men sure uh you know right now women are are skyrocketing in comedy and i'm so i'm so appreciative of that yeah um, it's a good time yeah yeah definitely uh but you know it, it was always this thing where you're like you know in a room with like 30 guys and like one girl you <laughs> yeah. know I do it. so yeah. it was always daunting in that matter yeah um, yeah so so how did the uh, how did the first time go? How did your first open mic go? <laughs> oh gosh, my first. And what was the pushing mic... point to get up there? Um, let's see. What was the pushing point for me to get up there? I th it was just buddies telling me just you you need to do it. You need to do it. You and I was like I don't know what to say. And they're like you have material. And I, and so I was like all right. And the first time I I went up, I didn't have anything written. I just kind of went in and kind of just winged it. And I had friends in the audience um, and it was mostly comedians. Um, and usually with open mics, you know, they could be supportive, but they could also be very not supportive. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but luckily uh, I I had a couple of friends in there and, and it went really well. And it was more of just like a storytelling kind of thing. My second time I did it, I was a little bit more nervous because then I was like, all right, now I got to have something written and have something prepared. And what am I going to say? And oh, my God. And, and I kind of overthought it. And yeah. I, that was when I was like, oh, OK, this is a lot harder than it seemed like the first time, you know, because I was sure. like, I've been on stage 100, you know, a gajillion. So I've done this, guy, you know, I've done it in so many other different forms uh what's the difference with stand-up but there's a big difference <laughs> yeah it's it's different when you're out there all by yourself flying solo you got nobody you can lean on if you know right all of a sudden you're without a thought in your head you know Absolutely. what do i do now <laughs> Absolutely. did you ever get discouraged after the second time um you know i have this sick warped thing <laughs> in my brain that just loves fucking with it so i think that like Every time I, I, every time that happens, I'm like, all right, well, why did that happen? And what can I do to fix that? Okay. Um, and the other thing that I did was I started stand-up improv um, and where I, I made all my stand-up comedian friends do improv without their, <laughs> without their comedy. Sure. So uh, that was a boatload of fun. Uh, a lot of them would 
tell me yes and then come to the show or not show up because they were so nervous. Yeah. Or they would come to the show, do the show and be like, oh my God, that was the best fucking thing I ever did. Now I'm going to put that in my bit. Oh, cool. Right. So, yeah. We've had some great people like um, Craig Gass come on there and he just went on and on and on <laughs> and really pulled so many things out of there. Like that he ends up bringing in his other in his other stuff and it was like so cool so sure sure yeah so i do hear your new york accent come out yes. <laughs> which is great and it just makes me think of when you had that accent moving to greece not to jump back but how did that go with that culture over there new oh, york Edgar, you know in greece so when I first moved to Greece, like you don't understand, I, I I spoke like like this, like really really fast, like very New York, like you don't understand, like really, and it was very very much so. I went to the American Embassy School, um, so in there in many ways I was surrounded by Americans. Like mm-hmm. I kind of went in from America to an American bubble, like oh, all Embassy kids. Like I didn't speak a lick of Greek, like I didn't know anything. Um, but there was a lot of stuff going on there. There's a lot of culture shock going on there. Um, yeah. Uh, just the way it was being run, you know, television had two stations. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. They were both government owned. No, at the time. So no fun. <laughs> no fun. You were not allowed to play music. You were not allowed to like have loud things. Like there was like siesta times where you were not even allowed to have your television on or they would call the cops. Like it was strange times. Uh, It's changed, you know, uh, Uh but uh, it was definitely coming from this little New York City girl who, you know, everything at her feet and like, you know, coming there, it was definitely daunting. And I think for me, one of the reasons why comedy and music was so important was because when I went there, there was none of that. And I used, my uncle would bring me, would deliver me things from the States for me to listen to and watch like little VHS tapes and little things for me to like watch and listen to and CDs and stuff like that. um, Just to, you know, have some sort of America or some sort of like some entertainment. I knew that I could like actually understand yeah, because uh, it was literally just about six men screaming at each other at the same time oh. uh, in a language I didn't even freaking know. And even <laughs> if I did, I probably wouldn't care anyways. <laughs> so, right. So did you have to learn? Was that part of your schooling? Is is to learn the, the language? It or? wasn't part of my schooling, but I did learn. I did take lessons and I did learn it. So do, you, um, do, you, do you still speak at all? Any of it at all? Yes, I do. Milan in Capan Parabolicala. If you have a nice more hunex and other here, as in a lava, I've been a math of Kerotalinka. So I basically I just said that I had to learn uh, Greek because my parents had a hotel there. So it was really important for me to be able oh, to sure. speak yeah. language as well. How we call this a couple names too? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Malaka. That's a good one. Hmm. Um, so. <laughs> Would you say that you have your sense of humor is the same as your uncle since he was sending you stuff? You, you enjoyed yeah, it. We have a lot of we have a lot of similar sense of humor. I absolutely. Um, and what and what did he send you? Oh gosh, he would send me anything that he could tape in comedy. So 
from sitcoms to stand-ups. Mm. So I, I, there was like, you know, Eddie Murphy stand-ups. There was um, Andrew Dice Clay stand-ups. There were uh, Richard Pryor records. Um, there were um, out of television shows, like I, I, anything that was on that was funny. So, sure. so I basically would just watch these things over and over again. And I believe that it probably definitely did something with like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got Andrew Dice, fellow New Yorker. So there's yeah. a connection there. Absolutely. Dice is kind of a big one for me. Uh, my aunt was... Uh, my mom was a fashion designer growing up and uh, she worked late. And my aunt, who was actually closer in age with me than her sister, um, would babysit us. And she was kind of like a teenager who loved heavy metal and rock and Perfect. and loved comedy. And that's basically where I learned everything. I was like three years old singing War Pigs. Uh, <laughs> I, I got in trouble Perfect. in kindergarten for, for, you know, saying, like saying songs from Black Sabbath, like <laughs> all, all that, all that kind of stuff. So uh, she was the one who uh, taught me uh, what the Andrew Dice Clay little boy blue. He needed the money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I, I said that in school. I got in trouble for that. <laughs> it flies in New York, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> Andrew Dice Clay's Instagram feed is the most him just walking around New York, going up to people. I love it. Oh my yeah. Andrew, Andrew, it's so hilarious. <laughs> Did you ever get to work with him? No, I haven't. Not yet. Oh, not yet. It. There you go. I would absolutely love that. That would be a dream come true. I say, yeah, the New Yorkers. You well, you just did that show in in nashville with christy miller and Raylan nelson and obviously christy knows dice real well so she does absolutely she's a pisser i love her to pieces yeah we yeah, had, we had, so we had her on she was great she yeah. Was, yeah she was a good <laughs> yeah she's she's certainly not afraid to say it like it is <laughs> absolutely not she definitely has no filter and i that's the one thing i love about her she'll, right? keep, she'll keep her real that's for sure yeah so how did, <laughs> uh, how did you uh how did you get to know Raylan? I met Raylan. I was doing a show here with um, Jim with with Don Jameson. Okay. And uh, I was on the show with him. I was opening for him, and he had he he introduced me to Raylan, okay. and she and she was her first time that she was going to be doing stand up. Oh, nice. <laughs> so Perfect. she was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm a little nervous," and I was like, "Girl, you you know." So it kind of gave her a little, you know, girls talk about comedy or you yeah. know and then uh she killed it and she did great and it was awesome and we've been buddies ever since yeah she's a sweetheart she's she awesome is, yeah. go on and see her play live a couple times and she yeah. likes to even when she's doing music she likes to run the comedy bits in between songs so it's she's Absolutely. got that that's why it, it was like complete it's natural for her like yeah. she just has that so it's yeah. like not a problem whatsoever it's perfect for her and now yeah. you're living in nashville I do. I do live in Nashville. Is that how is that moving away from your beloved New York? I I never thought I would do it. I never thought I would do it. I have to say, uh, but I'm I'm not gonna lie. It's definitely um, it's it's been daunting trying to live somewhere else because it's always something new. But it's also uh, it's been wonderful. 
Yeah. Um, it's, it's one of those things where you kind of have to learn a lot. I, I got pulled out of every single connection that I have had in my career and life and family and everything. Never thought I was going to lose that. Uh, yeah. uh, so I got very comfortable Mm. And I think by moving, it made things for me a little, uh, it, it made me realize like, you know, Hey, got to, you know, you're a little too comfortable. So it was actually a good thing. Um, which was, I'm really happy about for that. We got a couple of shows coming out, um, here we're filming and, um, could not have done that if I was in New York at the time. So, um, I'm super, I'm super stoked about that. Yeah. That sounds so fun. Let's talk yeah. talk about one of them is one of them that dodging reality it is absolutely so tell us about that when is it is it i i think i've seen like a little trailer some, for yeah, it, some but, clips but yeah. yes yes so dodging reality is a sketch music show basically um it's a variety show of different talents so it, it has comedy and music and art and um anything you could possibly think of uh that an entertainer might be able to bring to you and a lot of sketch comedy, a lot of different characters, a lot of fun, just basically every two minutes, you're going to be um, entertained by uh, something different. Okay. And uh, it's uh, perfect for somebody who has ADD, I would say. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, it's yeah. Perfect for the short attention span uh, that we, that we all have now. So, so it sounds like um, you're just taking everything you've done up till now and, throwing it into a show which is well yeah you know basically i've been doing these shows live for so long right? and 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 also mixing so many of my friends and their talents on these shows and i've been doing them live so it's been great to be doing them live but now i have the opportunity to be able to put it on television and be able to have a, a huge slew of people to see what we've been doing and um, it's, I'm super excited about it. It's it's uh, it's been a lot of fun, and a lot of people want to jump on board and be part. So um, I, I'm excited to see where it's going to go. It's just super silly, stupid fun, just dodging reality, basically. Yeah, it is what it says. Right? Minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so when you say tele minutes. television, where where can you watch it on television? So right now it's on Music City Arts TV. Okay. It's going to be coming out this month and we're going to be streaming it, which we're going to be announcing very shortly on certain places, streaming places. And cool. that's, that's coming out shortly. Okay. Well, good. We're looking forward to that. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. Is that, yeah. uh, besides that, I mean, was that one of the drivers to get you to move to Nashville or what? What was the big move for? <laughs> besides, me. you wanted to be uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, Go ahead. Maybe we need to, do we cheers yet? Yeah, Maybe right. we should oh, cheers. Did we cheers yet? Thanks, Raylan. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, my husband had to come here. So for work, and that's basically the reason I came here. Uh, but I definitely have to say it's been a blessing. Good, good. Yeah, we were, we were actually just there in October. Um, spent, awesome. spent a spent a weekend down there and uh it's a great city a lot of fun it's a lot too much fun first time it was my second time actually in the same year i went oh, wow. first time i went in february and we had so much fun we went back in october so oh nice yeah yeah we got to uh got to go out to the comedy club a couple times when we were there this time and uh what did you get to see two good shows uh christina p and chase o'donnell were one night and then uh oh, nice. oh i was there 
Were you really? <laughs> I was at that show. Yeah, yeah, that was a great show. It was. They were. It was. We uh, and we awesome. We've had Chase on the on the podcast, and we uh, we we love her. She's such a sweetheart. She's great. She's so adorable and fun. I yeah. Love her. And then we went back on Sunday night and saw Dave Williamson. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. I didn't get to catch that one. It's a cool club. That was our first, it is yeah. first club, time yeah. at that club. It's a cool club. It really is. When I first moved here, <laughs> when I first moved here, I actually moved two blocks from Zini's just so I can be able <laughs> to walk over <laughs> right? and go to whatever show I can possibly do. Oh, actually. Yeah. yeah, it was a lot of fun. That makes sense. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> like the old days, just show up and end your night there like you used to. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know, that was the plan. Like when I first came here, I had no clue. Yeah. Nowhere, you know, I don't know anything about, I didn't know anything. About the comedy yeah, scene or yeah. The comedy scene here. Yeah, I just knew music, you know. So <clears throat> I really had to immerse myself into whatever I could find. <laughs> yeah. It does seem like it has a pretty nice comedy scene though. I mean, other, I mean, not just Zanies, like there's other comedy going on all over the place. It's huh? it's definitely evolving. And yeah. that's exciting. It's exciting to see um, all these little places starting popping up. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And you just did a, a stand up and laugh show. Was that just last weekend? <laughs> yes, we did stand up and laugh last weekend. It was our premiere of our show, which is, um, every we're basically doing different series so doing a series of different uh holidays so this okay. was stand up and laugh at the holidays and uh so we were basically uh roasting the holidays <laughs> <laughs> and uh it was super fun and it's coming out this friday actually tomorrow on music city arts tv okay we're stoked about that and then our next one will be in February, and that's uh, Stand Up and Laugh at Love. And you, uh, there's <laughs> the one I want to see, right? And you, you, you raised a whole bunch of money for uh, instruments, <laughs> yes. instruments for education. Oh, that fine. was my favorite part about the evening was that the, we were able to raise so much money for them and actually be able to bring. Uh, we actually were able to have people drive in from out of Nashville that had um, instruments that they were able to donate that were literally handed to students oh. and children the next day. That's amazing. <laughs> that to me makes everything that I do like all much better. Yeah. Like I love doing comedy. I love producing shows. I love all of that kind of stuff, but to be able to do this stuff and give back to people who actually need these things is by far the most important thing to me. So that was super, super exciting to be able to do that for those kids. <laughs> Will you? Well, it be... is cool. And music, it sometimes in a lot of schools, it's getting lost. So right, exactly. You know, you don't want to lose that. It well, opens the mind the so much. Yeah, that's the problem. Like you see, like all these schools that we're like in Music City, and they're telling us that like there's there's not enough instruments in the in these schools. Like it's just alarming. And you know, like if it's happening here in Tennessee, where they're you know it's supposed to be like Music City, like right. right like that around the country and i know that music is being lost and it's needed it's needed in these schools like <clears throat> they're trying to focus on these taking these tests but yeah really entertainment and arts is so much so important i think for kids it and is huh? it's so much more than just music i mean it expands their minds it makes them learn and link listen and yeah it's socializing so much there's yeah. so much math in in music yeah right? Yeah. Uh, I when I when I first went to college, I was a double major in theater and music, and 
one of my first classes was music composition and music theory and there was so much math in it. I had to take it twice. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I'm like <laughs> in music. I'm like in music. Like, I just fucking have to sing. Like, what are you talking about numbers? Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> like, not as long yeah. as you could count to four, you were good with music. Then. <laughs> like, I was like, yeah, one, two, three, four, let's go. <laughs> like, no, like there were, it is, there's a lot, it was very complicated. So, um, when I it it is definitely needed. I just was at my daughter, my daughter's seven, and I was just at her Christmas concert this week. And just the look of the faces on the kids while they're singing those songs and knowing that moms and dads are out there watching. Yeah, yeah it's abs it's absolutely needed. And it's great absolutely. for her. You know, like it gets self it builds self-confidence because they're out there in front of people and absolutely. You know? yeah. So it's, it's, it's not outlet. just yeah. It's yeah. definitely an outlet. It's an outlet for um anxiety stress for many many things and for kids especially when they're like growing up and they're trying to figure out who the heck they are right, like right. you know you, you're stuck in class with math and science and all this crap like at least you have like you know a bang on a drum for half an hour like you, you right. know like get it out you're like so the fact that these schools just don't have that it was just alarming so alarming to me i was like okay what can i do like what can yeah. we do like i it's such a little tiny thing but i was like what can i do but still it's something i mean not everybody's doing something so cheers to you i mean that's awesome oh, well, thank you yeah. i think more people need to it's so simple to you know it, just get the word out even if you can't afford to do it financially like just speaking about things and talking about these things and getting the word out because you know, just by me talking about that, those families drove out from, I think they drove like two hours. Wow. With, you know, they were an older couple. They had a bunch of grandchildren and all these old instruments. They saw the ad and they're like, all right. And I was like, this is what it's about. Like, yeah, that's awesome. comedy and all that fun stuff. Yeah, it's great. Like, but that for me was just like, that made my holiday. Oh, that's awesome. Do you, uh, do you play any instruments too? Well, I used to, so I don't want to say I play anymore because if you ask me, I'm, I'm going to sound horrible, but I used to play the piano and I played okay. the guitar, uh, but I sing. So I still, that, that for me is. Yeah. I was gonna, How much singing do you still do? I don't do it professionally anymore, but I just do it for fun. Yeah. In the shower yeah. and. <laughs> yeah. I sing all the time yeah. <laughs> when everybody doesn't want to hear me. <laughs> You do. I mean, you do some comedy songs as well, too. So you get. Your, I do. I write really... a lot of parodies. Yeah. So I, I, I used to write a lot of music, and every time I would write them, after a while, I was just like, they would always end up so serious, and I would sing them, and I'd be like, uh, and then I was like, this is just too serious, like a too much, you know. So <laughs> it, they just always end. I would just always end up making them funny. Yeah. Um. So it kind of just organically came, where you know, I would just write these songs and do perform these songs where they were just you know sure songs that you might know but they're you know definitely funny funny lyrics or parodies and any um, any thoughts of like a full-length comedy musical i you know it's funny that you say that it's that's been i've done something sort of similar like that live um so that is something that i've been wanting to do um so on film so yeah, that might I mean... be in the future <laughs> Well, are you going to sing of these songs on your on the TV show, Dodging Reality? Um, well, yeah, the Dodging Reality definitely has music parodies in there. We definitely, I do sing in there. We definitely have um, a lot of uh, not just my music parodies, but other musicians and other comedians that have written music parodies as well. 
um, we've done like music videos for them and um, they've been super silly and super fun. Okay. Was this, was it, was this a, your idea presented to the television uh, network or how did you get involved with them? So I've been, when I first moved to Nashville, I was like, what am I going to do here? How am I going to like, how, how am I going to find anything here? So I moved next to Zanies. That was the first thing. Uh, and then you the said, second I'll go to thing. I'll go to Nashville, but I'm living right next door to the comedy club. <laughs> <laughs> that was my compromise. That right, was my compromise. I was like, I have to have something. Like, yeah. you have to give me something. I can't live next to a cow. Like, I need something. Like, <laughs> yeah. So uh, we, we, um, I, I, when I first got here, I, um, I got involved with the uh, Nashville Filmmakers Film, Film Festival. Okay. Uh, they had a big festival here. It was the 50th anniversary. And um, I got involved in meeting some people there. And through there, somebody had mentioned this this network, this company, NECAT, that you know you can produce your shows and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, wow, this is seems right up my alley. You know, I produce shows live. Why not produce them? For television, um, a dream I've always had, but couldn't really do that in New York. I was always producing for somebody else because I couldn't afford that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was like, wow, let me check this out. So I signed up and the week that I was supposed to start was when COVID hit. Oh. And I the, the week that I was supposed to go, I get the email saying that they're closed and they're closed indefinitely. And due to the fact that so many people come in the studio, they think that they're never going to open again. So I was like, all right, well, there goes that idea. <laughs> it was so close. <laughs> so close. So then I kind of spent like, you know, the COVID time just, you know, trying to figure out where and what and how I'm going to, what I'm going to do and try to figure out, um, you know, maybe I'll find to do it online. Maybe I'll, you know, just make little videos and, you know, do something on YouTube, you know, but it just wasn't sitting right with me. Like it just didn't sit right. And then um, sure enough, I got that phone call or that email actually saying that, you know, Hey, we're opening. And, you know, if you're interested in, in, in doing this again, I was like, ah, so I like, <laughs> jumped right in. And, First one at the door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I ran right. I ran as fast as I could. And um, it's been a blessing. They've been, so wonderful uh there's emmy nominated people that are working there they're so talented so smart so helpful um and i couldn't be more grateful for that one of the reasons why i love being here in nashville yeah uh, yeah there's like yeah so how, the, how did the pitch meeting go when you originally went in there to say i want i got an idea did you have well, to sell them on it or compromise or? Luckily, what, what? I didn't have to sell them too much on anything. Um, and the stand-up show is actually, they came to me because they saw me filming this show there. Um, and every time I come in, it's always something different. I'm always in a different character. I'm, you know, I, I was like God's assistant. And then I'm like a devil. Like they, every, every time I'm in there, they're like, okay, like, what is she doing? Um, so they approached me because they had a show on their channel called Nashville Stand Up that had been running for three years and the oh, the host was leaving. And so they said to me, like, hey, listen, you know, we love what you're doing here. This is, you know, this is great. Uh, would you be interested in taking over 
um, you know, this position for this show. And I was like, all right, well, you know, why not pile everything on? (laughs) (laughs) But I was so, so, I was so actually so happy to do it because that for me is like so easy, like producing stand-up shows like it are like something that I can do with my eyes closed right now. And I'm so happy that I could do it in a way that I could give back. Yeah. Um, So, uh, yeah. So, so you're still hosting the show? No, well, sure. Uh, are you still hosting the, 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 so you're doing, okay. Yeah. Still going on. I'm doing both. Yep. The next one will be, uh, this one stand up just, uh, finished last week. We'll be on this month and then, um, we'll be running the February one, um, right on around Valentine's day. And do they all, do you, do you have a different charity for each one? Or are you going to have kind of, is it the same charity for each one? Or? They're different charities. Okay. Yeah. And I'll be working with the charities separately. Uh, you know, we're going to be like, now I'm working with, I'm going to be working with instruments for education. We'll be doing shows together off air, you know, whatever I can do to, you know, do music and comedy shows in Nashville and stuff like that on the side cool. to help them. It's going to be really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Is that something uh, that channel they can get? Do they broadcast on YouTube or anything that you can catch some episodes or somebody that's out of state can see? Yes. um, I could definitely broadcast it wherever I want. Once once it's on their channel, I I have full producer rights. My production company does. So I will be putting it, I'll be streaming it in many different places. We're just, um, we're going to be giving that information out um, in the next couple of weeks. Sure um yeah you're you're not getting the exclusive calm down (laughs) (laughs) i'm trying though i'm trying i wish Um, i could tell you i really wish (laughs) um but the but the nashville live that you host as well yes everything will be on everything that i'll be doing will also be streamed so that will be as well yeah it'll be streamed on yeah um the nashville television show the stand-up show dodging reality um the we also do interviews with all of the comedians so we'll also have those on there as well cool, cool. so she's just starting her own channel is what it sounds like yeah. <laughs> yeah, good. 24 hour it's my channel now 24 hour <laughs> <animal. laughs> so, so i i gotta we uh we just talked to uh ariel elias a week ago i don't know if you know. if you saw the video of her getting the beer can thrown at her i'm curious oh, if God. you have any any horrific horror stories, stories. Uh, not like that. I've had a lot of weird things after the show, not during the show, just like creepy dudes. Yeah, of course. Following. Oh, way to call me out. Of course. Yeah, that that's basically, I've never had anything thrown at me, but, um, girl, like, I, I, she handled it so well. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know how I would have handled it. I'll tell you Plus, that. I know it's funny. She said it was the only way to handle it. I'm like, I, that may be no. true, but I don't know that anybody would have thought to handle it that way. <laughs> I mean, my first thought is I'm going coming off the stage. Like, I'm either I'm going for the dressing room or I'm going after him. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't know what I would have done. I, I probably see, I have that New York reflex. So, Never. so, so. Yeah. It's it's scary sometimes. Yeah, you know, I could I could be like, oh no, and then like you said, like run, or I could go for the man. Like, I, <laughs> and, and a, a sources tell me you, you've you've done a little boxing in your life, so you probably could take care of yourself. It might yes. be going after him. <laughs> boxing, martial arts, boxing, all that. That that's my my my. I love that. My, yeah. 
brother owns a jujitsu school. My niece is uh, number two or three in wrestling. Like oh, cool. we're just definitely uh, we're lovers, but we're fighters. <laughs> well, you're, yeah, you're New Yorkers. You know, yes. Exactly. <laughs> I would never, ever, 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 ever pick a fight. Like that's not who I am. But I've also learned how to protect myself because I've had to. Yeah, that was, yeah, especially I can only imagine coming up early in comedy as a woman. That is not the that has been. Yeah. And one of the reasons why I did a lot of um, group comedy and I and I didn't tour as much. Um, yeah, it's definitely one of the reasons. Yeah, for sure. Touring sucked. <laughs> <laughs> it can. And the heckler, you never know what you're going to get. But um, New York hecklers. Are they, I mean, I, I can imagine you can dish it right back. So I'm sure you've had some people just drunk and sarcastic, but Absolutely. how do you handle them? Do you um, pick on them or? Do I pick on them? <laughs> I do. Usually I'll either pick on them or I'll pick on the situation. Like I'll, I'll <clears throat> like, for example, like if somebody, if there was a guy that's in, in the audience, right. And he's sitting there and he's, I could tell when you walk out on stage, if it's a small venue, you can kind of, you see everybody, you can kind of tell what kind, you can kind of feel your audience, <laughs> yeah. feel if they're going to be like one of the audience that are going to give you love or going to give you a hard time. Or like, at least I can, when I get on stage, I kind of can sense that. And sometimes you'll get on and you'll feel like that. And there'll be that one guy that you just know is trouble. And you just, all right, now I have to try and win that person over. Uh, I used to try and do that for a long time when I would do my comedies. Like I want to try and win that guy. That's not, and and now I'm just like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, that's what like, I should do. I'm not. I'm not going to try. If you can't, if you can't jump aboard, don't jump aboard. Right. But there's always those guys that you'll feel that you know they're sensing something, and then you'll see like it gets to the point of anger or gets to the point of something else. And that's where like my little trigger flag goes up, <clears throat> you know, all right, now this guy's going to either say something. And then that's when my, my New York comes in. Where, <laughs> like, you know, like, and so I will definitely get a little bit more New York. I'll definitely, you know, like, <laughs> it definitely comes out stronger. That's uh, just like now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a nice that's a nice tool to have in the bag to be able to go to a New York accent when you need it. Right? Oh, don't <laughs> All right. Um, and um, yeah, so I, I will definitely point it out. So if, if I see that they're going to start something, I'll I'll point it out before they do. So mm. I'll, I'll try and nip it before they say something. If I see the guy's getting a little uncomfortable, if he's talking or he's like, you know, whatever, I'll just I'll embarrass him in a, the nicest way possible. Yeah. Yeah. So he doesn't have the balls and to, to try and come back. And if he does then he'll just get the wrath like <laughs> yeah. right. right get him on your side i just try like I, I in my comedy like i i'm more about self that like it's all about myself like you know i'm i'm not gonna like i don't like to talk shit about others so much yeah. but if you're gonna come at me Mm -hmm. you're gonna get it like yeah. <laughs> that's just the way it is but, well then it's deserved absolutely absolutely i mean come on like yeah. you want sweet i'll give you sweet like <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I i mean every time you go to a comedy club it seems like there's the, the one person who needs uh, to interject themselves into the show always like 
<laughs> and, and sometimes it's the, um, and it's really, sometimes it's really funny because it's the drunk girl who just wants something to say. Like she wants to have part of, be part of the conversation. Yeah. Um, so she, and then she'll just start talking and you're like, okay, <laughs> nobody wants to be listening to your 15 minutes of your conversation of what you've done. They're all paid to see us on stage. Right. Here. And you have to kind of, you know, quietly stop them from chatting. Yeah. Uh, that's always interesting. That's always fun. Uh, <laughs> Has there ever been a time that you had to get someone kicked out? You're just like, I've had enough. They're just not shutting um, up or changing. Yeah, you know, I'm. that's probably, I'm trying to think of situations that that's happened specifically to me. I well, know hopefully, I mean, if not, that's a good thing, but. Yeah. Well, and hopefully if you're playing a, a good comedy club, they're paying attention. You don't need to get them kicked out because they know that this person's interrupting the show and. Exactly. So, but yeah. I'm, I'm assuming that's not all comedy clubs. <laughs> There's probably no, some that are better than not. others. Um, and I was lucky enough to do a lot of my comedy in New York City where like the comedy, the audiences are really tough, but they also know that they're an audience. Like, you know, you're comedy clubs in, in certain areas and in, in, I'm not going to just say the South, but uh, in, in other areas, sometimes in smaller clubs, smaller venues, the audiences are not used to comedy or they're not used to knowing how to handle comedians or know how to be in a venue of comedians. Uh, You're being very nice right now. <laughs> I, I'm trying to say it in You're the trying. most polite way possible. <laughs> like I'm from the South now. I have to be nice. <laughs> Yeah, man, I don't want to be shot. Everybody has a gun here. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So what? What is your? Uh, what is your joke writing? I would assume with you coming from improv and sketch comedy that you you probably don't have it all pencil written down and line for line. So uh, no, not unless I'm doing something like if I'm going to be recording something, I want to have it written out for timing. Sure. Uh, because I talk a lot, and if I get <laughs> involved in something in my mind like I can go off on eight tangents and it's all great and fun and fun you know what but for if I have to do like all right we're, you have five minutes and then you when I'm when I have that tightness I like to have not necessarily word for word but beginning middle end yeah and uh points so I could see okay I'm at two and a half did I hit my did I hit that joke okay Okay. Now, so I kind of do that when I'm recording. Um, if I'm a little bit more lenient when it's, they're my own shows, <laughs> I don't need to come behind me. I can kind of just, all right, it might be eight minutes. It might be 20 minutes. You know, it depends on the people I'm talking to, the, how I'm feeling, what I have to say that day. Um, it, it really all depends. Sometimes I'll get on stage and I feel like the people aren't feeling me. And I'm like, all right, I'll say three jokes and I'm done. Like, I don't have to like win everybody. I, I'm not trying to prove. Right. Like, you know, it's like, all right, not everybody's cup of tea and that's totally fine. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. You know, like, let's, let me get you the next person. Maybe they'll be a cup of tea. <laughs> and that's, you know, and that's something that I think I took many years of me being on stage to learn. 
Because yeah. first, when I first started doing stand-up, it was like, what did I do? I said those jokes exactly. You know, I hit the note. I thought I was funny, like all these things. And you're like, why? Why? You know, why didn't it work? It worked yesterday. And you could be- You want mistaken. everyone to love you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I just and cannot- <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I'm like, no, I don't freaking care. Like, you know- There is a good edit, yes. Like, New York, I thought that was how you were raised. I don't care. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> honestly, it is. I don't, it, it really is. And it kind of, it's funny too, because I think growing up with my family in hospitality, like my parents having like oh. the hotel, I lived on the summers of basically running the hotel, selling, what can I do for you? Like in every language, because it was an international hotel. So I had to learn how to, um, help like you know people uh, and please uh, yep. yeah and in all different languages and learn how to be able to accommodate these people and yeah. i think it kind of is like it's still in me and it's funny too because like people are like why do you give a shit i'm like i don't give a shit like <laughs> i don't I really don't <laughs> i just like to make people feel comfortable sometimes like i don't know <laughs> Right. I mean, yeah, you want people to be comfortable, but if, yeah, yeah. if you put in the effort and they're not, well, fuck them. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's, exactly. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it my best. And if, yeah, <laughs> there's some yeah. people that you just can't you win can no matter win, what. Yeah. So, no, exactly. And when it comes, it's funny too, because when I, my comedies, it is different than my everyday personality. You know, I'm very bubbly. And, so, and sometimes in my comedy, like, I am very fuck you to you. Like, so, so it, it is funny sometimes, you know, people are like, whoa, I didn't know that. You know, I'm like, yeah, it comes in and out. You know, it depends <laughs> on like, yeah, yeah. it depends on what you're going to get. You know, it depends on the day. <laughs> right. Right. Wake up and say, all right, what am I going to be today? <laughs> there you go. Perfect. I, I heard you say earlier that you weren't a big fan of touring. Yeah. But um have you visited uh, what other place comedy clubs or areas have you visited that you in, would like to go back to or enjoy oh um well la comedy store i love that uh okay uh nashville obviously uh let's see out of new york a good club that i enjoyed oh it's funny because it's in florida <laughs> <laughs> But I did like a side splitters in Tampa. Yeah. Um, that that that's a great venue. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's it's let's see what I'm trying to think. Hmm. Yeah, there's that's probably a lot yeah. of good venues, but even the crowds, you know, sometimes there's you get a good crowd, you didn't expect it. Yeah, it's 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 more, yeah, it's always about the crowd. It's always it, it could be the same place but depends on like who's gonna yeah right yeah you're like, two like, different... even like the christina p like if like she was there all week right it's like different audiences she's hysterical no matter what but right. the audiences are pulling different or are, are pulling it out or are seeing it completely different right and, yeah for sure and sometimes like they're rolling in it and sometimes they're not and... yeah and sometimes you just get a crowd that's flat and you know if you don't yeah. get like if you don't get it early where people are laughing early, it's going to be harder for it to build. And Absolutely. And I feel that in the South, doing comedy in the South are a lot more, um, uh, what's the word? It'd be nice uh, again. <laughs> they, they, they're, uh, they're more nice. They're nicer audiences. Okay. Yeah. yeah like, right. 
Um, I know that like when you do a venue and you're like everybody's there that is a musician, they have they don't want to laugh. Like they they it's almost like right. they have uh, this show on them. Like it's like yeah, you're funny, but they don't want to give it to you. Right. Like yes. I, I and in New York, that's very much too true too. Like in New York, it's really hard to get a laugh. It's but. Uh, in the south it's almost like oh good job <laughs> oh i don't know if that was the funniest thing i've ever seen but i well, really yeah. appreciate it like it's just so sweet it, it's just it's, it's <laughs> yeah yeah i mean there's a there's a reason most new york comics are are you know a little bitter and a aggressive little brass. yeah yeah <laughs> like, the brass or oh, comedy yeah. like but that's where the best that's... comedy comes from so in my, oh my gosh <laughs> absolutely david tell like come on like yeah. He used to, he would give me, he would he would always be at the comedy cellar and give us advice. Like when I first started, he'd be doing comedy. He'd be like, why are you doing this? Don't do this. You don't want to do this. You really yeah. don't want to do this. Are you sure you want to do this? Like, you know? And then like, <laughs> after we'd see us like always there, then he would every once in a while give like a really like bit of information. It was super helpful, you know, mm -hmm. like you know, don't do it that way. Or, or, you know, that was, and it was always, it, it's funny to me because, you know, he seems like the guy that you would never get help. from. <laughs> right. You don't want to approach him. Right. Exactly. But honestly, for me, he's always, and, and from everybody I've seen him with, mm -hmm. he's always been super generous, super, super helpful with other comedians. Definitely not what you would think um for his persona uh, as a comedian right. but as a person um in the business i can't say nicer things about him so um, and he's funny and, and it's freaking hilarious yeah oh my yeah. gosh we was we would just sit there and watch him like like just awe like you know jaw drops like yeah how cool to be coming up when he's just <laughs> doing his thing and yeah, that was the oh, best man. part about being, that was like one of the reasons why I would always end up in the comedy clubs. Like I'd be there and Seinfeld would jump in or Sandler would jump in. And, and it's like, who's going to be there tonight? And who's going to, who's going to steal my friend's position because they, they got that great spot. And now, you know, Sandler's coming in. So now he gets it. Like, but all that stuff, it was just so exciting and fun. And like, you know, I got FOMO. You don't want to miss out on that stuff. And like, no? yeah wow. yeah so, all the memories it's awesome yeah it's so cool and, and i miss that that's the one thing i do miss about being in new york do you, like, do you get back at all i do but not as often as i would like yeah when i first moved here before covid hit i was in new york at least twice a month okay uh, but uh when once it hit and things changed and the works changed and everything i i kind of um i'm not there as often as i was yeah Gotta get back. Gotta get back. I yeah. absolutely do. I'm yeah. definitely now with these shows and filming with these shows, it's been keeping me really busy. So it's definitely um I'm I'm definitely itching. Like yeah. I, I'm you know, I'm definitely itching to get there. Itching to get back. Are you itching yeah. to do uh produce any live live stage shows anymore? I mean you seems oh, like yeah. you're doing I'm you still ever... doing those as well. Yeah. We did uh this weekend. Uh, we did uh, in Nashville some live shows, and um, I'm gonna continue being doing. Um, I I love live, like. Yeah. Well, I mean, like the theater. Oh yeah, I would love to do more theater. Uh, at the moment, I'm not. But right, uh, is there any 
there's got to be an avenue down there. You just haven't cracked it yet. You'll get there. Yeah, actually, the, it's funny. There's not that many um, theatrical venues in Nashville. Mm. Uh, they have the TPAC, which is the Tennessee Performing Arts Center. Okay. Uh, and basically everything runs out of there as far as theater goes. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, too, when you look at like film, um, you know, I've been filming a lot of sketches and I've been able to use my guys, my friends who have ever been able to come. But when I haven't been able to use those people and I've been able to try and use people that work here, they only know music. Like they only know music videos. They only know how to work music videos, film music videos. They're just not involved in comedy in that part. Sure. Um, so it's, it's um, interesting. Yeah. It, it's, it's different. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're there to teach them. Yeah, yeah, no, it's actually, they really love it. Like every, every time we have like a, a new filmographer who's only done music videos and then they come and do one of our sketches, they're like, anytime you want us to do this, I'm, you know, I never laughed. I've never laughed harder on a work day. Like, well, come and play with us. We'll make it laugh all day. Like, you know? That's perfect. So yeah, it's been, it's been fun. It's been, it's definitely, and they love it because it's something different than they're used to filming. Right. Sounds yeah. like it. Yeah. Completely yeah. different than what they're used to. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and hanging out with us. And it was yeah, thank you, Adele. Spending a Thursday night with us. Go ahead and promote away whatever you want to promote. And uh, it's nice having a, another uh, whiskey on the rocks drinker. Cheers. Joining. I'm cheers so again. happy about that. Did we cheers yet? <laughs> we didn't cheers yet. Cheers. cheers. <laughs> so, yeah, promote away. Tell yours. us where we can find yeah, you. You can find me on the Animatis on uh, social media Instagram, TikTok, uh, Facebook. And uh, you can find uh, Stand Up uh, and Laugh TV is also on uh, all those channels as well. You'll find more information about that um, in the next couple of weeks as to where you can find it on TV. And we also have Dodging Reality with Anna, and that's also on all the socials as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Really, truly a pleasure. So thank you guys for chatting with me. Absolutely. It was a wonderful time. All right. Yes, Have a good night. night. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. The tavern is closed for now, but we'd love to have you back for more fun next time. Seriously, though, get your asses out of here. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the, the Candle, Candle Power, Power Hour. Hour. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for season two of the Wanna Bet podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that season two starts August 18th. 
but I like airplane. I know you do, but WannaBet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric acid. Electric acid.